0: The goal of this podcast is to help you break in and thrive in advertising, and we do that every week by sharing the stories and advice of those rocking it on the other side. This week, we learn from Jess Clifton. Jess is the head of brand and marketing advisory at MediaMonks and founder of Females Forward. That's Females F-W-D. Jess is an experienced executive leader who successfully navigates the complexity of modern marketing, brings order to chaos, and builds brands through culture and experiences. Having spent over a decade managing P&Ls ranging from 5 million to 125 million, Jess actively advocates using data and analytics tools to predict, measure, and optimize business outcomes on behalf of both agency and clients' businesses. As of January 2021, Clifton combined her agency, Low Earth Orbit, which is such a cool name, Low Earth Orbit, into Media Monks. She is now the head of brand and marketing advisory for Media Monks, and she is focused on scaling the integrated portfolio of capabilities across all S4 agencies to deliver the best in class marketing solutions for their clients. We love that. Before founding Low Earth Orbit, Jess served as the U.S. head of digital for Edelman. In this role, Jess focused on building out Edelman's digital portfolio of services including paid media, social strategy, influencer programming, and analytics. Jess is somebody you definitely want to learn from to connect with her. And to see her recommended resources, which she lists out just for you to break into advertising, head over to our Instagram. At Breaking and Entering Pod. All one word at Breaking and Entering Pod on Instagram. Now on with the show. This is the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. And as usual, I'm your accomplice, Gino Schellenberger. Kick it, Mikey. all right jessica clifton welcome to the breaking and entering advertising podcast how are you doing today
1: i'm doing great how are you doing today gino
0: i'm doing well thanks for coming on i'm excited to talk with you about you your position what you do your life all things advertising it's going to be a great great show so thank you again my pleasure um your role is head of brand and marketing advisory at media monks is that correct
1: yes yes lots Amazing. of words lots of boards <laughs> that's good we like words. yeah so i um i am really focused on working across all of our capabilities and sectors so what that means is specifically driving integrated marketing capabilities into each of our clients so that they understand that they don't have to work with 19 different agencies to get the best work. They can actually come to Media Monks, consolidate all of their business and get an A plus team across strategy, creative content, production, analytics, media, data, and tech services, which is really exciting.
0: What was that last one?
1: Tech services.
0: Gotcha. So, how would you characterize Media Monks as a company? Is a full service agency? What What do you guys call yourselves? How do you How do you brand yourself?
1: Yeah, we you know we look at ourselves like a network almost. You know, we uh, Media Monks just for by way of history was founded about twenty three years ago, and it was largely an innovative digital production agency. In twenty twenty, it was purchased by Sir Martin Sorrell um, under the new umbrella S four Capital. And Sir Martin's point of view in the industry after serving many, many years at WPP as their CEO was that holding companies are broken and he was gonna create a new model for a new era. So that led with the acquisition of Media Monks and followed swiftly by the acquisition of about thirty five subsequent agencies, including my own. And we're now brought together under a single p and l with a focus on reshaping the future of the industry, which is really exciting. We're nine thousand people globally, and again, working across a lot of different skill sets to bring whatever our clients need to the table in a really thoughtful, dynamic and rapid way.
0: Wow. Okay, so a lot to unpack here. Martin Sorrell Sorrell, um, made the claim that after working as the CEO or president of WPP, he said, holding companies are broken. And then he started this. That's right. So what's different here? How is it? What's the vision? What have you noticed? How is this different from a, a traditional holding company?
1: Well, we're one agency. So a traditional holding company has a multitude of different agencies with a variety of leaders that sit under those umbrellas with their individual P&Ls and individual teams. And they typically focus on a specific practice. So you yep. look at a holding companies alone, they have five media agencies and 10 creative agencies and maybe a social agency or two. They have a production agency and so on and so forth. The intention here was we can all work together. We're all integrated marketers. Let's ultimately break down the silo and bring clients great thinking, great talent when they need it, where they need it, and very quickly.
0: Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So one agency, but he acquired multiple agencies and put them all in, uh, under one P&L, correct?
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. So the, the intention was, you know, we need to be stronger in media, so he acquired Mighty Hive and then he acquired Raccoon and Metric Theory and so on and so forth. And through the variety of very unique and distinct distinct skill sets that each of those agencies was ultimately able to bring to the table, we were able to build a media division that was unparalleled, unhinged by specific P&Ls, and really capable of operating together globally to service our clients whatever their ultimate needs are, whether that's upper funnel, lower funnel, and so on. I joined in January of 2021, so I was, um, and we can get into my career history in a minute if you're curious about that, but I Mm -hmm. had started my own agency called Low Earth Orbit in uh, 2018. And my agency was really focused very similarly on bringing a different caliber and a different approach to clients that was more agile, more strategic, and more nimble and I, I, saw it, I saw the need for it in the market and I knew there was an opportunity. I have um, a long history in advertising and marketing as well as PR and digital and social and I really understand the full mix of integrated marketing and I decided to just start my own shop that was a little bit different and we were very aligned philosophically, but we were also really close partners um, through the, our, our mutual businesses. So it just really made sense for us to join forces
0: ah okay and low earth orbit which is a cool name really cool thank Um, you you're welcome so that was your uh, that was uh advertising digital social media influencer marketing paid media pr brand reputation so probably that is probably a culmination of your career everything you've learned there correct Uh, that probably is a great summary of what what you what you're an expert at is that accurate yeah yeah And how many people were at Lower Orbit? How did you operate?
1: So we built a really kind of like flexible and nimble model. Um, So I had about five or six dedicated employees, and I had about 35 kind of on tap staff. And the the business model was really focused on coming into clients from a consulting lens and looking at the work that they were doing and auditing where they could find and achieve efficiencies, whether that meant... Finding us better ROI in our paid media spend, or giving us a stronger user experience so we don't incur so many drop-offs on our website, or just elevate our brand to tell a stronger story across the full omni-channel spectrum. Um, it was it was very broad, and so we would go in and sit with clients and do workshops, typically for a day or two, come out of that with a proposal around kind of where we wanted to get deeper we would audit the work, we would come back with recommendations, but then we would give them a plan for how we would execute. And that's when kind of the broader staff would come on board to kind of come in and whether that's like build a new website or create a new media strategy or a new creative campaign and so on. It was it was very predicated on being consultants that actually roll up our sleeves and, and follow through and finish the work.
0: I love that. I love that. I think if I were ever starting an agency, it'd be very similar to that. I have had like student consultants help out with my, my show and my, my business. And then I always, you know, I just, the idea of consulting and then them being like, all right, that's it. Here you go. These are what you yeah, need." Yeah,
1: exactly. I'm like, exactly.
0: I'm so, like, often, right.
1: so often clients get these, you know, 75 page decks from like a big bane and they don't understand exactly how to execute them. Sure, they're beautiful and they're really intelligent, but they're missing the action behind it. And oftentimes you can't just hand that off to an ad agency or even to a marketing team and assume that they know what to do with it.
0: Yes. So I love that. I think that's a really great uh, concept for a shop. And obviously it worked and it, it, it got you noticed. And so then you merged into the larger media monks, correct?
1: yeah yeah i mean it's very aligned with my approach to how i work you know i've always been a really strategic leader and i love to kind of take really complex problems and break them down i think that's one of my greatest superpowers but on the other side of that i am never afraid. And you can ask anybody that's worked for me over the last 23 years, I will roll up my sleeves and I will write a deck or make a spreadsheet or show up and staff an event. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. all about kind of the greater good of the team and and getting the work done. And there's never been kind of a handoff moment for me. And that's why I love working at an agency like Media Monks, because it does feel like as senior as you can be, you're still in the work, which is really exciting.
0: Absolutely. I love that. And that's what you want out of a leader Um, for people just breaking in now. I'm sure they want that's exactly what they're looking for. So it's good to know. So you did low Earth orbit for about two years. And you what do they say? What I mean, we don't have to get into the deal at all. But like what made media monks attractive? And I know we've hinted at it. But was that a hard decision for you? Where were you at in your life that were like, yes, let's do this?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, kind of always a dream to start my own agency, and I had such extraordinary momentum in the first two years of running it, and, you know, I really thought I was on this rocket ship, no pun intended, and I, you know, I was, I was, I mean, we started our first year and did four million in revenue, we doubled it the next year, and we were probably pacing to almost triple it the following year had we maintained course but it was right during COVID when I was approached by uh, the team at S4 Capital and Media Monks. And it sort of just made sense from an ambition perspective, right? Because as much as I loved the work and could see the growth and could have really believed, I believe in myself that I could have built a $50 million agency in four years. It would I really do believe that I could have pulled that off even during COVID, what was so difficult was access to resources in an immediate fashion. And what the blend with Media Monks was, was so obvious to me that I could still do the work I wanted to do. I could still make them all the money I was gonna make. And I was able to access the resources that I always needed very quickly um, and really seamlessly, which is really exciting.
0: Absolutely. Um, And, you know, what the deal is, with that deal then they had you had a brand in marketing right so that was probably also really appealing because um has there ever been a case where i'm sure there has like they'll acquire a company or a merger company and they don't involve you is that does that oh happen? yeah
1: for sure i am i don't sit on the merger and acquisition team and i Um, actually genuinely don't have a ton of interest in that specific role. I love kind of doing the client work and bringing the best of marketing to them. Um, My role is it's, you know, I don't lead marketing for Media Monks or S4. I lead marketing advisory for brands. So I can come in as maybe what we would call me as the CMO whisperer. Um, but I can also talk to it and tech and media and really look at kind of the entire ecosystem and figure out how we can bring the best of media amongst to bear for their brand and business, how we can eliminate redundancy and increase in fici- efficiency and how we can ultimately build their brand to be the next brand for the next generation.
0: So what is your team? Do you have a team? What does it look like? How do you operate and what's it like operating in that system?
1: Yeah, I mean, we. I have a. I have a big team. I work kind of pretty parallel um, to every group that's here, so I can tap into strategy, creative, content, production, media—you name it. It. It all just depends on the client. You know, that's. I think that's the biggest misnomer in advertising is shaping these cookie cutter teams to go and and support a client, a piece of client's business. Um, when ultimately every client is different, and they all have different needs that need to be focused on very uniquely. So I don't think in the last two years, I've had a single team that looks the same. In one case, I might have a really heavy strategy, creative and production team. And in another case, I might have lighter strategy, really heavy social and really heavy media. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just it just depends on what the the needs of the client are.
0: Gotcha. And then what are some of the clients you're working on now? Are you allowed to tell us?
1: Yeah, I mean, I work really closely with some of our largest clients here at The Monks. I work really closely with Amazon. I work very closely with Meta. Um, I work closely with the USOPC, which is the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee.
0: Nice.
1: Um, Yeah, yeah. I work on PayPal. Um, I I don't know if there's like a client I actually haven't touched in the last year, if I'm being honest. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I appreciate you you telling us those are some big client names. So those are really, I'm sure that would be appealing to a lot of our listeners who want to learn more. Um, anything else media monks-wise that we need to know that makes you guys different before we dive into how you got here? Any any other notes?
1: You know, I just say like, you know, Media Monks is very much a new model and it's on the cusp of technology, innovation, and thought leadership. And so those curious about how technology is going to drive advertising and move it forward, how to apply that into the marketing mix. You definitely need to be looking at Media Monks as a partner, or even just as a piece of content that you need to be consuming. You can go to our website and read all of the thought leadership we produce. There's a ton of work out on AI right now, which I think is really profound.
0: It's really smart. And I love that you guys are offering all those uh, resources. So thank you for that. I'll be checking that out further too. Great. Do you guys have an internship for our listeners? Maybe.
1: Yeah, we have a variety of different internships available at Media Monks, and I'm happy um, to sh- to share more about that if anybody wants to hit me up on LinkedIn.
0: Perfect. Well, I'm sure they will. Um, hopefully, we can get this episode out soon. Um, but you know, always reaching out, always staying connected is what we preach here. So I appreciate you sharing more about Media Monks. We'll get back to it as we go through your career. Now, uh, we'll probably work our way. Up or to how you got there. So, starting with what was the moment you said to yourself, "I want to make ads for a living" or "I want to work in advertising <laughs> for a living"?
1: Yeah, it's a great. Actually, it's weird nobody has ever asked me that question, and so I just had an immediate flashback. So I'm good. I'm gonna go there. Um, I went to the University of Colorado at Boulder, and I was in the um, School of Journalism and Mass Communication, which was a really wonderful program.
0: And I, still is. we have, a uh, one of my, one of our co-hosts, uh, went to Boulder Cooper and my brother went to Boulder, but he didn't. Oh,
1: small world. I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, great,
0: great people. Cooper's it's a genius. A great,
1: yeah. So. It's a great school. Um, and I had a, I had a teacher named, um, Brett Robbs who has long since retired, I'm sure, but he, I was in this advertising, like creative class and we were concepting ads and he looked dead in the eye and said, Jess too pragmatic to ever be a creative. I just need you to be prepared for that. <laughs> oh,
0: wait, Jessica, wait, say that say that one more time. What because it, it blurred out a little bit the connection. So what what did he say to you? He
1: looked me straight in the eye and said, you're way too pragmatic to ever be a successful creative in this industry. <laughs> oh, Which was goodness, you know awesome. kind of demoralizing. Not that I really believed that I was ever going to be like this rock star can lion creative but i was you know i was kind of making a run at it i was curious um i will say though it was it was funny my best friend was is an extraordinary art director to this day and she's won like every award under the sun and she's she's just extraordinarily creative and she was in that class with me and she kind of looked and said i think i think you could be like my strategy partner
0: (laughs) so what's her name i uh, want maybe i'll have her on the show
1: yeah, absolutely. She's She is extraordinary. Um, and she, you know, she was one of those who started winning um, pencils when she was like 22. So she's yeah. just a little bit of a prodigy. Um, and seeing what that talent actually looked like was helpful for me to kind of guide me into the right direction. I thought advertising was really interesting. Re- seemed like it would be a really fun career. We had guest speakers come in and talk all the time. And there was a woman who came in from Carmichael Lynch, who was a former alumni of CU,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and she was recruiting interns and presented this program called Star Search, in which they have a national competition and invite four college students to come to Carmichael for the summer and intern on their brands. And at the time, Carmichael had Harley Davidson, Porsche, you know, all these really cool, sexy, automotive brands, and then they had, you know, a lot of kind of American old school brands as well. But it was a a very cool agency and very awarded and kind of very top of mind. And I thought, you know, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring for this. And I created this like big graphic resume that once again, I was told like, this isn't how resumes should be created. Like they're going to look at this and think you're really unprofessional. But I trusted my gut and I I kept it ha- how it was, and I got an interview, which was really oh, nice. exciting. And the, I think, group account director at the time asked me, what is your favorite ad of all time? And I told him it was the old school Nike basketball ads where they bounced the basketball to the sound of hip hop music, like very mm-hmm. 90s-esque. And it just so happened that good old Jim was like the biggest basketball Nike fan that ever existed on the planet. And that was also his favorite ad. And so (laughs) somehow I landed a seat in that star search program at the ripe age of 22 in the middle of Minneapolis.
0: Did you do some research? I mean, it's probably not hard nowadays. Like you figure out who's interviewing you, go to their portfolio site and see their about section i mean you could probably you know what i I do is i listen to the see if they have podcasts and see if they've been on a podcast and just listen to it like a hundred times
1: yeah well this was um 2003 so podcasts didn't exist then (laughs) yeah the internet certainly existed but you know it's nothing i could have ever known because carmichael certainly didn't have nike or any other basketball brands and of course i could have internet stocked good old Jim. I don't even remember what his last name was, but I, I didn't even have the wherewithal to do that because I grew up in kind of that hybrid generation of like being an Xennial where I wasn't born with technology, but it came into my life kind of during my teenage years. And so we did not use the internet the way kids do now. And so certainly at a disadvantage and just kind of stumbled into a lucky scenario.
0: Sure. Sure, sure. So that worked then and you got into the star program and that was four people were selected. Was that like a rotational where you were you placed in it? You were placed in account management, correct?
1: Yep. And so there was four of us mm-hmm. that kind of all moved fr- there from all different parts of the country. We all like connected beforehand and decided to be roommates, <laughs> which was nice. Uh, we'll save that for another podcast. But I was assigned to work on Porsche Cars North America, and my first project was helping to support the launch of the Cayenne. So that was Porsche's first SUV to ever come onto the market. And it was probably the most exciting experience you could have at an entry level job. I was traveling around to all of the pcna which is porsche cars north america events i was driving the cayenne on the racetrack with all these porsche enthusiasts i mean it was just a really epic epic experience
0: it sounds epic and just for your ego and i think that was probably such a strong springboard for the rest of your career right like to be selected you worked hard you were told that your resume shouldn't look like this and i'm sure that was just a huge boost to your confidence such a, and, and we have those programs today. Um, there are rotational programs, immersion programs, there's associate programs. I know Ogilvy has one. I know Edelman has one. I know there's in, there's amazing internship programs. And I don't know what the st- the current state of them are. When I was graduating, they all got put on hold as 2020. But if those are out, right, wouldn't you agree, Jessica? Those are one of the best things you can do when, if you're just graduating, if you can get a hold of them. They are competitive. I understand though.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's all about how you make yourself stand out. And in 2003, that was putting a giant, like, ambitious leader block of copy on the top of my resume, which everyone told me was, you know, so outside the norm, but it helped me stand out. Today, I think we can get really creative about how we stand out, how we get hungry, how you use your network and the internet and the people you're connected to and the connections you have and the connections you don't have, but that you want and getting really resourceful about how to reach those people. If you want those spots, you can get them. It's just all about finding that drive inside of you to get there.
0: Yeah. Have you ever seen, like, throughout your career, any super ambitious, creative networking tools, you know, applied and used on you that worked?
1: Um. You know, I've seen a few resumes that have definitely stood out. They just looked different. Like, you know, I got a um, a resume once that was all in ho- like horizontal, so you'd have to turn the eight and a half, eleven, eight and a half by eleven paper sideways to read it which I thought was brilliant, you know, and I thought, you know, if this person is bold enough to send me a resume like this, I'm definitely mm-hmm. going to give them the opportunity. Obviously, I'm going to look at the content and make sure yeah. it aligns with the role I'm hiring for, but if it does, I'm definitely going to give them the opportunity. I think you know, what what works great is people reaching out and being authentic and humble and genuine. And yeah. I Get emails on LinkedIn all day long every day, and I work really hard to respond to just about everyone I can.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's first and foremost. Um, any sort of networking, just being yourself and being honest and transparent it will definitely be helpful. And I always like to tell people to, like, if you're going to do a stunt of some sort, keep it minimal. <laughs> Nobody should right. get scared or anything like that. But um, it really first, what will matter most is the content first, right? Like you got them, this person got you to look at their horizontal resume. That yeah. Was, like yeah. You or they send me and, a nice
1: note. Yeah. You get a nice note on LinkedIn and it's like, hey, exactly. I've had 15 interviews and I haven't been hired, but I have so much passion and I'm not going to quit. I want to get right. your advice. And that to me is the springboard for yes, this person is in it and they're not mm-hmm. going to let, let up. And that's exactly the kind of people I want in my orbit.
0: Yep. Cause we're busy and we do and- our best. We do our best to get back to people, but yeah, I, I sometimes I'll just like keep following up. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going to get to, the, get to this. I, I promise you. Um, so I always appreciate when people are persistent. So Absolutely. back, to, back to you in your career at star search, that was a six month program. You were working on the launch of the the cayenne by porsche porsche Porsche. yep uh yep. what happens after that so was that your big break-in would you say was that was that an internship do you count that as like you broke into advertising this is it this is my career i did it like is that your break-in moment
1: i mean i don't i still don't think that i've like done it yet you know what i mean I, that's just not the kind of person i am i think that was that was a highlight. And I call I have all these kind of like records in my career of like these highlight moments. And that to me was a huge highlight and such an honor and such an amazing group of people with you know, a brand that just you you'd be lucky to work on at one point in your life. And oh, yeah. so to have that at the beginning of my career was was just an honor, honestly. And I parlayed that um into a few different roles. Um, and I think kind of the biggest next role was um taking on a position at Goodby Silver and Partners in San Francisco um, where I was for about five years and I worked across PepsiCo General Electric and Sprint um as well as you know a bunch of projects here and there but I think you know Goodby was one of those like elite creative agencies not that Carmichael wasn't but this was like the next caliber right yeah. this was like. This is like you get called into Rich Silverstein's office. And you're sweating <laughs> like a <I> know.
0: lot. <laughs> I've heard stories. I've heard stories. What, what, sure. what was it like working there?
1: I mean, it was magic. That's all I can say about it. It was, it was hard. It really kind of like tested your strategic skills. It tested your client management skills. It tested your resourcefulness on every level. Um, I'll never forget Christian Haas, who's one of my favorite people in the world, who's now a creative director at Google, um, once gave me this campaign and said, you know, we're gonna pitch this idea to Sprint, but we have to buy a private island. Can you pull that off? And I was like, what? Oh I, I have to buy a private island? He's like, yeah, I know you can do it. Just, I need you to just figure it out. And yeah you know, lo and behold, we bought a private island for this campaign. And it was, I mean, it was amazing. And it was all about kind of a smartphone where you can, you know, work from anywhere in the world, including your private island. And so ultimately we created a contest and the winner actually got the private island, uh, which was, you know, at that time, like very (laughs) mind-blowing to me.
0: Yeah. Where was the island?
1: It was um, off the coast of Africa. So not like you know boat distance by any means
0: okay but that's still awesome (laughs) yeah it
1: was yeah there's like a whole network of private (laughs) island brokers apparently so you know i'm I'm just i'm holding out for that big payday i'll know exactly how to pull it off more efficiently next time
0: yeah we'll get there i'll I'll be there (laughs) everybody's (laughs) invited
1: yeah yeah
0: we'll do a big party. you know
1: it's just i always i i share that story with people often just as an example of how This industry is unlike any other industry in that you have to constantly be on your toes. You have to be prepared, and you need to be a solver of any sort of problem. It could be, I need to find a certain prop for this set right now, and you need to go figure it out, and you're in the middle of Nebraska, and you have to go figure it out. Or it could be, I need to go, I need a private island. Um, Or it could be something serious, like, you know, I have a brand that's having a crisis, and we need to sit down and figure out how we protect them as quickly and urgently as possible. Um, Which was a really interesting thing for me to learn because I left Goodby after five and a half years and went to Edelman Mm
0: -hmm. where
1: I was there for about eight years as their US head of digital. And that was kind of a really interesting crash course into brand management on a different level. Just how you manage the optics and the story of the brand, how you manage a crisis situation, and how you really build brand through a communications framework.
0: Nice. And what were some of those standout clients that you you recall that might have tested you?
1: <laughs> yes. Well, I certainly had plenty of uh, clients that tested me, but not because they were difficult, just they were in difficult situations that needed support. Um, you know, some of the the big ones that come to mind, probably like Activision, Mattel, Volkswagen, Hyundai, the American Heart Association, um, Warner Brothers. I mean, there, was, there were actually very few brands we didn't actually touch at Edelman, which was really exciting. But some of the some of the more more fun ones when I came to LA were all kind of like predicated around like entertainment and media, and of course they have their fair share of um, support needed from a PR perspective.
0: Absolutely, gotcha. And then you you left there, and you then you started your own low Earth orbit. Is that correct? Yeah,
1: and that's when I started low Earth orbit. Um, and you know we talked about that a little bit. Yeah, a really interesting opportunity for me to take this amazing rolodex of hundreds and hundreds of brands and you know maybe a thousand relationships that I'd built over the course of a 20 year career and put it into action in a way that like I was calling the shots and I was I was going to organize and and oversee and I I'd been in leadership positions running offices and organizing finances so I really was clear on how to run a business Um, i just i wanted i wanted to get out of the bureaucracy and politics and do it my way
0: absolutely absolutely um on the side though how else have you stayed engaged or you know sometimes our careers you know especially as we get as we progress you know we need to find different creative outlets or we need to find you know other other sources of Fulfillment, just naturally. You know, we are all are aspiring and hungry and overachievers. So, what do you do on the side? Um, I know what you do on the side. Look at your LinkedIn here, but tell, <laughs> the, tell the listeners what you do uh, to get all that enjoyment on the side. Yeah.
1: Well, I, you know, a lot of people that know me would be able to tell you I'm a huge proponent of um, gender equity and making sure that there's more women in leadership across organizations media monks alone, but kind of more broadly, it's a mission that I'm really passionate about. And so in 2021, I actually started an organization called Females Forward, which is all about advancing the next generation of women. And the idea was kind of creating this mentorship platform where women could get access to people that are basically impossible to connect with. So we go back to like, how do you break through? How do you reach people? How do you get noticed? It's hard, especially when you're trying to talk to a CEO of a major brand. So what I did was pull these women together, these CEOs, CMOs, and I hosted mentor talks where people who were interested in, in hearing from them and hearing their story and hearing their advice, learning from them, and also connecting with them could come to a place that was safe and that was open and we would have these great mentor talks for like 45 minutes and then we'd open it up for questions and it was just it was like paneling to my heart's content and I I just mm-hmm. if I could go back in time I just really wish I would have turned it into a podcast.
0: Yes, yes. And you still can.
1: I I, I still will absolutely that's on the horizon and we've been in talks about um how we're going to do that for the last you know year i would say and it's it's really close to coming to fruition so i'm really excited about that um but i think you know what what was really sort of inspiring for me was not only just all the inspiration and appreciation and motivation i heard from the women who kind of needed to hear these conversations but the women who are actually in the conversations as panelists talking about some fundamental issues facing the industry and the advice that they wanted to share, we're actually getting a lot out of it too, because so often we get to these senior roles and we feel so disconnected and isolated and lonely that to sit next to people that are your peers and talk about these challenges and how we're gonna change not only the industry, but the world, and then have young women raising their hand and encouraging them and providing them with thoughts and ideas and provoking them in new ways was just it was it was very cathartic and really exciting and I'm excited to do more of it in the coming year.
0: I love it. It's definitely mutually beneficial for the you're saying for the panelists and the people that were that are attending these. Um, so, where can we find out more about this um, website? Where how can people find this?
1: Yeah, so Females Forward is uh, femalesfwd.com. Um, you can visit the website there and hear a little bit more about the mission. Um, we're pretty active on LinkedIn as well. So go find our page and like it. Um, we'll be coming out with a podcast in the next few months. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be really exciting. We have a great hit list of just titans coming through. Um, and I'm excited. I'm excited to kind of bring that through
0: well i'll be sure to follow and share so jessica this has been great thank you so much for coming on i don't have any other questions other than you know people you said earlier that people can reach out to you on your linkedin so we'll put that in the bio here on the uh, descriptor here any any other ways to connect with you or your pre- uh, preferences for that
1: yeah i think linkedin is a great starting point i'm i'm really active on linkedin Um, And you'll kind of see my, a little bit more about my personal brand. If you read some of the posts or stuff I engage with there, it's, you know, it's very advocacy oriented, especially around women and bringing women of color more into the workforce and giving them the right opportunities. Um, I'd say just in closing, you know, A, first of all, thank you, Tina, for having me on. I really appreciate it. And I'm glad um, that we were able to finally find the time to do this together. I think what you're doing is absolutely, brilliant as a way to kind of get networked and connected and i would love to see you know more genos out in the world like having conversations and building oh. brands around like these experiences because it's so powerful
0: thank you i don't know yeah. how i feel about more genos in the world i don't know if it'd be good or not but <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun, fun thought. i really do appreciate your compliments i'm excited to see you launch yours and yeah thank you so much for coming on as well this has been great learning about you your career your advice and really these conversations are starting points starting points for people to reach out with you now and connect even further that's what our listeners are i try to teach our listeners here it's not all in this one conversation we encourage them to reach out yep yeah
1: absolutely thank you all right
0: jessica this has been great thank you again take care bye Thank you so much for listening to this entire episode of the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. If you like what you heard, it would mean a lot to us and help us grow and get better guests and better break-ins if you can go to Apple Podcasts and leave us five stars and a small review if you have the time. Be sure to connect with our guests if you like what they said by going to our Instagram, at breaking and entering pod. That's all one word, breaking and entering pod on Instagram. We have links to their portfolios and their LinkedIn. And they want to connect. So do that. And thank yous. Thank you to Mikey Malarkey, our audio engineer, and Buchan Jung, our creative director. Can't do it without you two. And a team from the University of Illinois. It's a student team from the agency called ad buzz their pr agency and it's been a pleasure working with them thank you all so much and we will see you next week with another amazing guest thank you so